Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. That kid is back on the escalator again. Ain't gonna hurt. Is my boomstick. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Bargain Bit. He's your host, Ben Mason. And he's your co-host, Sandra Luketic. And today we're talking 2022's Violent Night. We always talk about spoilers at the beginning, if there should be a, a warning or not. It's, it's Die Hard with Santa Claus. Bam, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it is, man. For the most part. Is it, though? I think so. Had, had you ever heard of the movie before? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I mean, it was more recent, so I saw trailers and things like that, and I actually had it on my to-watch list okay. prior to you announcing it as being our next episode. So, like, obviously I knew about it, and I had intended to watch it. Well, I'm glad I could force you to watch it then. It's, um, it's a Christmas action comedy, I guess. It's a weird one, man. It's it really reminds me of Santa Slay. Mm. In how mm. ridiculous it is. Mm, I don't think so. No? No, I'd say it's more like Fat Man than Santa Slays. Because it Santa Slays is just really over the top. And while this is obviously over the top, there is a level of grounding with at least how the action takes place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say it's closer to, like, Fat Man, which was a very enjoyable movie we did a couple of years back. It, it was very good, you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of want to get into it, but I guess we have to play your game first. We always have to play the game. This is my Christmas treat. Yeah, okay. Uh, one person? Correct. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I think I might win this one, too. Uh, John Leguizamo. Correct. Super Mario Brothers. Correct. Spawn. You got it. Just the two? That's, that's it. That's <laughs> oh man, that's great. I love I love I love these kind of uh the game where I can <laughs> actually just pick one person. I don't like this. I don't like this game at all. Cause it's like, do you know how many pages of cast list I had to look through to get one? It's like, come on. <laughs> but, yeah, good point. Fair enough. It's nice to win sometimes, though, is what I'm saying. And I don't win that often. Mm -hmm. 2022, we don't really cover modern film. No, I think the last time we reviewed a movie that was one and a half, two years old was when we did Fat Man. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I was in quarantine in a hotel after just moving back to Nova Scotia. Holy shit, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I never want to do that again. Two weeks. Two weeks in a hotel room. Just me and a cat. Not allowed to leave. Different times, man. But. <laughs> I love this reminiscing for no reason at all. <laughs> I just want to jump into it. Yeah, man. Okay. So we open on a bar in Bristol, England on Christmas Eve where a drunken Santa Claus played by David Harbour laments about the lost meaning of Christmas. And then we get interactions with, I guess you could call him a mall Santa, just somebody else who plays Santa Claus. And this really sums up the charm of this movie for me. 
it's a great opening. Um, Santa claiming that the whole planet runs on greed, but the mall Santa hates seeing another Santa down, so pays his tab. David Harbour is just so disenchanted with the holiday. And kids are just little junkies who demand and don't believe. Uh, How do you feel about the way this movie opens? I like it. I'm a big fan of David Harbour, so I'm a little bit biased, of course. But I also think that the mall Santa, I guess we could call him, or whatever, was joking when he said the money. Because he does follow up by saying, you know, it's the look on the kids' faces. You know, like he... Is just, for lack of a better term, a jolly guy who's trying <laughs> to just chum up with David Harbour. And the money was more of a joke. But again, with the same disillusioned Santa kind of thing that we saw with Fat Man, there, there's a little truth to it. And there's just like this disgust. And the part that really intrigues me about this opening is how... Santa is saying this is going to be his last Christmas. Mm-hmm. He says that a few times throughout the movie. Yeah, which like makes me think like, can you just resign? Like, <laughs> and that's the thing too, because that immediately makes me think of Ernest Saves Christmas, where Santa is a moniker that's passed on from person to person. And we do kind of do we get that with his backstory, or are we led to believe he is the original Saint Nick? See, they allude to that, and I think that they don't actually want to provide you that answer. Because they do say that he's been, like at one point he mentions he's been with his Miss Claus for 1,100 years. Yeah. And they do talk about his past life. They never talk about how he got into this role, or if he originated this role, or any of that. They just, they talk about his origin, and I think it's more just to set up, like, the combat <laughs> the brutality. that's about it yeah that's the only reason they talk about the past is like yeah he's he, he was a savage so santa finishes his drink gives the bartender a gift for her grandson and leaves um i really enjoyed it it's a video game your uh your grandson wanted like astro blaster blaster or astro whatever and just he has no time for it he doesn't <laughs> no. care but he does take the stairs up to the roof, which I thought was really funny. Because the bartender runs up after him, being like, you can't be up here. And I'm thinking, like, stay out of here, you old drunk, blah, blah, blah. But no, she's like, if something happens to you, it's on me. I'm like, oh, she's actually just being responsible. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, she just had this guy in her bar that she thinks is just like a mall Santa talking about how it's his last christmas and he's going up to the roof like he might just be going for a swan dive in her mind it's entirely possible but then she brings up like how does he know i have a grandson so she gets up there just in time to see santa take off in his sleigh with the reindeer and she's overwhelmed with the christmas spirit but santa a touching moment it's just so heartwarming there's no way they could ruin it well, he starts gagging and leans over the side of his sled and vomits all over her face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to open the movie. Yeah. Because you get his disenchantment with Christmas. You get the fact that this Santa is an old alcoholic. You get that that really downtrodden feel, but then you get 
vomit humor as well. So like, there's going to be a weird mix of light and dark in this. And then we cut to Greenwich, Connecticut, where we meet Jason Lightstone, played by Alex Hassel, as he's picked up by his estranged wife, Linda, played by Alexis Lauder, and their daughter, Trudy. We immediately get hit with a Home Alone reference. I'm sorry, you were going to say? Just don't care for this storyline at all. Me neither. It seems way too overdone and boring. Just give me the bare bones, like the skeletal structure of it, as a reason to get Santa in there. But like, they dive. And this is my, my first big complaint with the movie. It's too long. This type of movie does not need to be pushing an hour and 50 minutes. And I think it's because they pad out this storyline specifically mm-hmm. that could be reduced greatly. I'm not saying that it's not supposed to have some level of emotion to it, but it really shouldn't. Just cut this all down. Get the very basic bullet points. They are separated. The daughter's unhappy that they didn't get to take her to Christmas uh, or to see the Santa at the mall. Just give me the, the bullet points and get Santa in that house. See, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't like the, the estranged spouses trying to figure out if they want to get back together or not. I find that it does work, though, when you introduce Trudy, their daughter, because you need that, that child character who wants something that seems almost impossible at Christmas. And I, I'm totally okay with that. But you remove Trudy, and this is a throwaway storyline that I want nothing to do with. And that's why, like, just keep the same storyline. Just shave it down. Yeah. The Home Alone reference really made me wonder, is, is that movie finding new audiences? It seems <laughs> every time I hear about it, it's always people our age that talk about it. The movie's like 30 years old at this point. It's it's kind of at that point where it's going to be like a nostalgia trip for the older audience and for the younger audience. It's going to be something that maybe they just got bridged and introduced into maybe by their parents. But I'm wondering like, is national lampoons Christmas vacation more popular than home alone now? Because it seems like everyone knows Christmas vacation and fewer and fewer people seem to talk about home alone. I find that really strange. I can't answer that, honestly, because I live with someone who watches Christmas Vacation like three (laughs) times a year, so... Fair. I bear witness to it in in an extent that maybe most people don't. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely forgot about that. That makes sense. Uh, So they're they're all en route to Jason's mother's mansion for Christmas. Uh, A quick stop at the security gate, and we meet Al. And I love... Al. He is just a fun character. Yeah, don't get used to him. I know. (laughs) And I think that's why he's a fun character. I think they specifically wrote him to be that way, so you would latch onto him and like him so much, just to deal with what happens later. You're going to see so many selfish, self-centered personalities that seeing this kind of warm guy at the front gate really stands out yeah and like we we have reasons not to like jason or linda and he gets along with both of them great uh obviously he and he and trudy really enjoy each other 
Like it's he's the most likable character we've encountered so far, probably. Yeah. At the house, we see massive holiday preparations being made. Nothing shady whatsoever. And uh, we finally meet the rest of the Lightstone family. What a bunch of assholes. This is the garbage human beings that I was alluding to earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's Alva, Jason's sister. Uh, I have written uh, also a total bitch. Specifically when being served a drink by Candy Cane, I think, who is not having it. And Alva just says, honey, smile. It's Christmas. Immediately, you're, you know you're supposed to hate her. You get Alva's husband, Morgan Steele, played by... I don't know if they were married. I think it was just dating. Oh, dating? Okay. Yeah. I'll say dating. Uh, played by Cam, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Gigante, I think. And I hate... I hate him. You're supposed I, to. You're I know. You're supposed to hate this entire family. But I hate the actor. He has such a punchable face, and he shows up everywhere. I mean, he was like a CW poster boy. Uh, he's, he's so insufferable. They don't recognize him from anything. Good, I, I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, so I hate, I hate him, and that's why I'm... I'm you know, you don't even understand. Like when he when he meets his end of this movie, I that it's one of my favorite moments. I I wish it happened in everything he was in, but he's to hey, sum him up. He's a, an actor claiming that he could have stopped nine eleven if he was on one of the planes. He believes the characters that he plays are himself. Yeah, I I hate him. I I okay. You said that. Calm calm down. <laughs> Their son, Bert? I might hate him even more. Well, you're supposed to hate all of them, oh, but you're what? taking this to some very substantial levels. Oh, I know. Trust me, I know. But it gets under my skin, man. I can't help it. Bert is a wannabe influencer. Desperately trying to be an influencer, I guess. And then we get Gertrude, played by Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, she's the matriarch of the family. A complete asshole, but I I love her character. Like um, I don't get enough of vacation as it is every year. I was gonna say Ellen Griswold <laughs> herself is in this movie, and I yeah I completely forgot about how often you're forced to watch Christmas Vacation, but I, I enjoy this even more. I'll be seeing you soon and many <laughs> times. <laughs> her voice, man, got crazy smoky. She doesn't even sound like the same human being anymore. But anyway, um, Morgan and Alva call out Jason for being the biggest suck-up, even naming their daughter Gertrude. And here we start seeing some of the back and forth and the, the, the screenplay. The writing is so good. It's pretty funny. Because Linda even says, you named your son Bertrude. It's not even a real name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's like, sorry, Bert. That's not a real name. He looks miffed, but confused. So it, it works really well. Santa montage now, Sandro. Him stopping by homes and 100% not giving a shit anymore about anything. He's just so disenchanted with humanity. Like. He's done. He's just done mm -hmm. with it. But it is pretty cute seeing Trudy leaving snacks up for Santa, cookies and milk, like everyone does. 
So the reveal that Jason never took Trudy to the mall to talk to Santa that year, that actually got me, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting sentimental the older I get. But, like, the poor kid never got to tell Santa what she wanted for Christmas. Yeah, and I just took it as that we are heightening the emphasis that we're putting on the parents being separated. Yeah. Right, because he seems upset that he missed it. A little surprised, but also at the same time, like, yeah, you know, because it, it definitely seems like she's the one that kicked him out. Yeah. And yeah, that's just, it's a terrible situation for that family. But upon a rewatch, you know why he forgot to take her to the mall. Yes, because he normally does it the day before. Exactly. And he's been planning other things. So what, what do you think of his immediate reaction? Well, like I said, I took it as somebody who was heartbroken that he was separated when I first watched it. Yeah. Well, I meant his action. The action he takes when he realizes how much he messed up. Going to get the walkie-talkie in the, in the game closet. I mean, it's a nice idea. It really is. Actually, here's... Okay, um, sidebar. What is Christmas like for you now that you're a father? Well, it's Christmas. <laughs> so it just feels the exact same? Like, you have to do so much more and so many different things. Yeah. Do you still feel like Christmas is just Christmas, or is Christmas more of a chore than an event for you? No, Christmas has become more enjoyable than it has been for a long time. That's amazing. You get to enjoy it through like an innocent child's eyes who is completely enamored with just the mysticism of it all, <laughs> the excitement of it all. Like it's just pure. Yeah. The full full on belief in Santa Claus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you find that she, she goes from present to present or like she just loves Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But, but she's like that all year round, right? It's I guess. <laughs> so Trudy loves the walkie-talkie and her parents wait outside of her bedroom to see what she asks for uh, for Christmas from Santa because they tell her that this walkie-talkie is a direct line to Santa Claus and she can ask him directly for what she wants for Christmas. And, of course, she wants her parents to get back together. I don't care. I do, though. This is just going on too long. This isn't that movie. This isn't that movie. There is a we time and place for this. We don't know that yet, though. Also, why am I the one being more sentimental? This, sh this should be grabbing you by the heartstrings. You hit play on a movie called Violent Night. Titles mean nothing to me anymore. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. I know. We get to it. We get to it. Because Santa arrives and immediately steps in reindeer shit. <laughs> Very unprofessional. <laughs> Which uh, is hilarious coming from him at this moment. Oh, he's, he's yeah, he's wasted. He's talking about professionalism. What do, you, what do you think about how he enters the houses? He taps his nose. And turns into dust basically going down the chimney i think it's pretty fun it's inventive i like it yeah uh once inside the the lightstone's house he he is loving the homemade cookies not so much the milk because it's skim 
but the whiskey and the massage chair are definite pluses for him. <laughs> Just taking a break. <laughs> I have to say, though, he doesn't finish the milk and pours whiskey into the same glass, and you can see it curdle. He doesn't care. He's still he's, loving it. He's slamming it back. I love it because he looks at the bottle and he's like, oh, this is pre-war shit. <laughs> Which war, dude? You've been yeah. around for a while. Exactly. He's great, though. David Harbour is great as Santa Claus. But one of the holiday workers uh, enters the security office and knocks out the guard. Very disappointed. You were? It's like the first kind of one-liner in the movie, and it falls flat for me. Oh, it's so good! No. Oh my god, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at it every time I hear it. Sorry, man. All right. Grew up on, like, Arnold and Sly. Th this line is not cutting it. Well, if it makes you feel any better, this guy, uh, known as Gingerbreads, played by Andre Erickson, he's, a, he's known for being in the group Warlock, which was a, a Norwegian rap group in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> None of that sentence is what I was expecting. I know. But it makes the character so much better. You don't celebrate my favorite holiday. Boxing Day. How That's a great action line. No. Follow it up with a punch in the face. It's so good. No. All right. Uh, it's time to implement the plan. All of the holiday staff are, for lack of a better word, terrorists. Some cover. like. Right away, I'm like, these are horrible people. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nobody in this movie that you can really like for being a good person other than Trudy and maybe Linda. But, like, even when the sister says, like, it's, it's the holiday smile, be like, yeah, she should be smiling because that's her cover. Yeah, that's true. Their plan to take out the communications, I thought, was pretty smart and pretty fun for reactions from the family. With Bert saying, he's trying to, like, stream himself. And internet connection, gone. It's Christmas, dude. Nobody gives a shit about your influencer streaming. But, Grandma, your Wi-Fi sucks dick is a pretty funny line. Not as funny as the one that she follows up with. When he was small, I begged you to beat him? Yep. It's great. This is a savage movie. Like, the, the, this family is awful. And not in general. Like, they are awful to each other. Yep. Everyone's trying to suck up to Gertrude because I don't even really know what she does, but she is obviously a multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire. Yeah, she's a business person. That's what we have. A uh, quick intro to a uh, character we come to know later as Scrooge, played by John Leguizamo, uh, who wanders up to Al's security hut and shoots him in the face. Come on. I, it, it hurt, man. I, I, I felt pained. Yeah, like... <laughs> but again, this goes to the screenwriting, because this is a great way to establish the main villain. Have him brutally murder one of the loveliest characters you've encountered so far. <laughs> the only lovely character you've yeah, encountered. It's yeah. true. Because <laughs> you're like, well, now who do I root for? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Uh, the terrorists. Like, Santa, it's okay if you just walk away, dude. 
Can you imagine Brawl credits? Well, I guess there's also Trudy. Trudy's great. Uh, and honestly, for a child actor, uh, Leah Brady does an amazing job as Trudy. Um, I thought she was very convincing, believable as a kid who, who 100% believes in Santa Claus and the magic of Christmas. I love that pause. Believable as a kid. You need to continue that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so the terrorist name check. Uh, all have ridiculous holiday code names like Gingerbread, Krampus, Candy Cane, Frosty, Tinsel, Jingle, Peppermint, Sugar Plum, so on and so forth. Uh, Linda scolds Jason over not taking Trudy to the mall to see Santa. And Jason just pleads for another chance with her. And he has some sort of plan he's about to put into action. I don't believe that this Jason character is capable of anything. Oh, I'm, I'm actually at the point right now on my first viewing where I'm like, is he behind this? Really? Yeah. It, interesting. I don't trust anybody. No. And you're smart not to. But I don't know if it's bad acting or just a stupid character. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're on the same page. <laughs> so these terrorists start taking out the rest of the security team. Uh, great job at establishing how dangerous they are, especially uh, Candy Cane with her knives and everything. I thought it was some pretty fun action. And the family makes a break for the panic room while Santa nervously tries to scope things out because he's hearing all this happen from upstairs. Well, you shouldn't have stopped to sit in the massage chair and drink your whiskey, man. You would have been out of there. Oh, my, he was loving it so much. It's great. As soon as he, he like, figures out the, uh, the remote control for the chair, and you see him be like, oh, yeah. And he's trying to like bring the glass of whiskey up to his face, and it's just jiggling all over the place. I thought he was going to pour it all over himself. Yeah, and not even care. Yeah, it's just a really funny visual. Um, the Lightstones are rounded up and forced into the living room, and Santa takes on one of the terrorists. In what I think is a pretty fun fight scene. What's your take? I love that, like, in the middle of fighting him, he's trying to tell him, like, this is all a mistake, I'm, I'm not supposed to, just let me out of here. <laughs> Even grabbing the, uh, the barrel of the gun after it's been fired and it's like smoking hot and he, he somehow burns his hand through his gloves. Little things like that I find awesome. Uh, almost being choked up with Christmas lights. Um, a throwback to uh, to uh, Accident Man. Both, both here uh, are defenestrated but the terrorists impaled on what kind of looks like a giant icicle Christmas decoration prop, but could also be a broken tree stuff. I don't even know what it is. I think it's an icicle decoration. Okay, growing up out of the ground? I didn't say it made sense. Okay, perfect. That's why I was confused. Uh, the reindeers get spooked by the gunfire, leaving Santa behind in the house. And I love how that, that's written in. That's why we know he is now stuck here. Yeah, and I love that he's cussing them out. <laughs> oh, yeah. He sneaks away, uh, but sees the family being held hostage and has a change of heart. I don't know if it's so much the family as it is seeing Trudy, Trudy yeah. held hostage. And then he looks, because he picks up the Christmas cookies, 
and he's still eating them as he's walking away from the uh, victim on the icicle. Yeah. And when he looks at Trudy through the window, he also looks at the cookie that she specifically made for him that looks like him. <laughs> does, quotes does, looks like him. Does it though? Yeah, exactly. But through the eyes of a child. Yeah. Right? And that's what really moves him. Yeah. This is... <sighs> I'm not going to say it's a good movie. We'll talk about that later. It is a fun movie, though. Because we get the re reveal of the terrorist's motive. Steal $300 million that Gertrude is keeping in her safe in the vault. Um, dirty money that the U.S. government wanted to use to bribe people in the Middle East to keep oil exports on the go. Which, I don't know how you feel about it, but it seems kind of intense for this type of movie to have that kind of backstory as to where the money came from yeah just have a family vault with a lot of money that's the motivation like yeah you don't need to get into it and paint this picture of beverly d'angelo's character being a bad person it's like all right we already know she's not pleasant who cares why they have money it's the family vault yeah right? i'm right there with you um get rid of little bits like this shave off as much time from the runtime as possible because it was what an hour hour 51 with credits yeah it's it it's too long it's too long for this yep um we get a reveal that gertrude has a secret kill squad to protect her and they're currently on the way i'm okay with that that's fun it just means we get more more shootouts down the road um the dead terrorist discovered by scrooge puts everyone on high alert and uh, Santa's now back in the house, in the games room. Realizing the phones are down, he starts rooting through his sack for a weapon. And it's time for a fight with uh, another terrorist. Any, any thoughts on this one? This is an enjoyable fight. I like it more. I think the part about these fights, especially the early ones, are just that, like, how much he's bumbling through them. Yeah, kind of doesn't make sense with what we see later, where you're like, oh, he's supposed to be this trained killer, mm -hmm. but, like, he's caught off guard, he's not prepared, maybe a little drunk, um, so he's really just fumbling through all of this, and even some of his victories are just kind of dumb luck. Yeah, just by chance. And I think, I think you're right, in that they don't, they don't match up, like, the early fights versus the later fights, but I think that you you acknowledge this already that it's the booze that makes him bumbling here and i'm okay with that because it makes sense to have a lot of humor padding the beginning of the movie and let it get serious as it goes on by that time you already enjoy the character so then you can really rally behind him when he goes like gung-ho but there are things in this fight that i just fucking love like him searching through his bag for a weapon and there's one line that's like die hard on blu-ray fuck he swears so much in this movie i love swearing santa claus but even the fight choreography is really good i and, agree and the gimmicks are really funny like loading up a christmas stocking with pool balls <laughs> i love how he's trying to like throw him off hey are you gonna beat up an old man with a gray beard He's just distracting him as he's loading up the balls. It's great. Cracks his hand with them, too. That looked so painful. It probably broke a few bones, but it's not going to matter for this guy soon. 
Did you notice Santa's attempt uh, at uh, traversing the pool table? Uh, he fails miserably and then just like <laughs> yeah. gives up and rolls through it. He tries to step up on it and just can't get his leg up high enough. And then does the slowest roll ever. Uh, that might be my favorite part of this fight scene. More so than the darts. The darts are pretty good, though. Not bad. Uh, I would have preferred if he threw the darts rather than just, like, flinging the board, but... Yeah. Because with the fling, I'm just like, that's too conveniently accurate. Yeah, I, I like how the dartboard was introduced, though, because he goes crashing into it and falls on his head. So he's just grabbing whatever he can and swinging it. So... Yes, I would have liked to have seen him throw the darts themselves, but it still kind of works for me. How how do you feel about he how he uh, kills this guy? Not a fan. Yeah, it seemed almost lazy or too goofy. I'm going to go with the second one, because you stab him in the eye with the star, fine. Then you can get the kill, but like, plugging it in and... Just, I don't think it would electrocute him. I don't know. It, Probably it's just, not. It's, it feels a little lazy for something that was such a good fight scene leading up to it. The only thing that saved it for me is when the dude's head caught on fire. And I thought that was just, just ridiculous enough to make me laugh. Okay, fair enough. So he takes a terrorist's walkie and ends up talking to Trudy, who is on his nice list. What do you what do you think of the Santa scroll? His list, not a nice list. I like it. Makes sense that he doesn't have like this ridiculously long roll of paper. Yeah, it's magical, and it gives him direct access to the information that he needs. Yeah, it's very convenient, very inventive, and it looks great. Here we are discussing the practicality of how Santa would have a scroll, <laughs> not a nice list, but hey, it would work. It's one of those movies, man. So the terrorists catch a glimpse of Santa on security cameras, and Santa and Scrooge make contact over the walkie. How do you feel about the interaction? Because I find it kind of cringy. Yeah, it's not great, especially with, uh, oh, I forget what the line is. Right before they sign off after Santa's found uh, the guy in the, like, security. Al? Yeah, Al. Yeah. Um, where he's like, Santa's coming to town or something like that. Yeah, Santa like, Claus is coming to town. Eh. I, I get what they were going for. It just falls flat. A lot of the like action one-liners are really flat for me. Yeah, yeah. You don't seem to be a fan of those at all. And yes, I also understand they aren't as good as 80s action one-liners but you know that's what they're trying to go for and i you have to at least appreciate it for that right i guess but you don't need them if you can't do them well just don't have them in there yeah uh scrooge grills the lightstones over who santa is and how do you feel about the whole scene here with jason and the nutcrackers uh, sure you gotta torture people fine well, this is where I'm starting to think that Alex Hassel isn't a bad actor. We're just supposed to find Jason really annoying. Like, the way he screams when they uh, cut off one of his fingers. Oh, yeah, his finger cut off. He's got to scream. I know, but it was such a 
horrible scream, like intentionally horrible scream that I'm, I'm starting to come around on the character because I'm like, oh, this is just being played as dumb as possible for laughs. And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it now. See, I would have been totally fine with this if he was behind this. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't steal the money himself already. He's hired these people to do it. And he sacrificed a part of his finger to throw people off. No, that's too smart for this movie. I just said I would like it. <laughs> no, it would make it for a, for a better film, but I don't think this movie should be any smarter than it is because this is 100% a popcorn film. But then don't introduce all of this other stuff. Keep it a popcorn film. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, you're opening this door to this other stuff, but then just not, not following through and going through. Like, just do or don't. Yeah, I'm very curious to hear your your final reaction on this. I think we're going to be very different, but I I totally understand what you're saying. Um, I feel like if they removed all of those elements, I don't know if this could be considered a feature film. I think it might actually bring it down under 70 minutes. No, I think you I think you could find a way to keep this stuff in there, but just really trim it down and make it more subtle so that it's not a focal point. Mm-hmm. So Trudy stepping up to protect her father, threatening the terrorists that Santa will get them. And this immediately draws their attention because they're looking for the Santa character and how does this little girl know them? And what does Jason do to try and save his daughter? Tells her that Santa isn't real. Yeah. And the entire room is stunned and embarrassed and shocked. I say the entire room, like even the terrorists. Yeah, even Krampus, the like sociopath <laughs> terrorist, is just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fletcher as Krampus is one of my favorite parts of this movie. But this is where Cam, what's his face? Morgan. <laughs> his reaction made me laugh. Because he looks over to Alva and just goes, really? <laughs> he's, so he's, he's believed in Santa Claus his entire adult life. But this allows Trudy to run off. Um, Santa tries to patch up one of his wounds, revealing his Viking tattoos. I'm sold on this character at this point. On my first time viewing. I'm like, tell me more about that. I'm already in but now I'm really, really in. Yeah, but they're going to do the same thing with that. They're just yeah. going to hint at his origin and not give you any more. Yeah, but at least we get some decent comedy after that because he stitches up that uh, wound and wraps it with Christmas paper and uh, a ribbon. And then, yeah, passes out, and that's when we get that Viking flashback. You're right, it's a bad tease because what they flashed in front of our eyes for a split second is much more interesting than what we've watched for the last 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah, expand on that storyline. Yeah. And they, they do kind of. And I like what we get. I don't know if we need any more than that. But it's too early to tease. So Trudy hides in the attic and continues comms with Santa. And Krampus makes the family open their Christmas gifts. Of which Gertrude is not a fan. <laughs> They're terrible. 
Morgan Morgan's gift is a pitch for a movie he wants to make in part of Asia. Yeah, his gift to her is asking her to pay for a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for him to star in. Uh, was it Alva uh, who who gave her a photo of her right after she was born? Yeah, sentimental photo of her birth. <laughs> yeah. and, and Beverly D'Angelo, because I never remember character names, is just like, I remember I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and Krampus just hugs the picture and he's like, she don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Grandma doesn't care. Uh, going way back to the beginning, when uh, when the family first encountered Gertrude, and she loves to see her her granddaughter, and, and she's like, everyone calls me Trudy now. Do you remember what she says? It makes you sound like a whore. Yeah, this character is great. And then when people protest the fact, like you can't say that, she's like, ah, she doesn't even know what that means. Exactly. <laughs> The, oh man, I'm I'm I am impressed with the writing in the movie for the most part. For the dialogue, we'll do that. The storytelling could be worked on a bit more. All of the writing is pretty good, except for the one-liners. Yeah. It's just that they give up on the writing partway into every idea. They do do that. You're correct. You're showing me you're capable, but then you're just not. It's not a lack of talent. It's a lack of effort. How about when Gertrude opens Jason's gift, which is her favorite bottle of whiskey, but includes a note that we can see on her face deeply affects her, but she keeps it a secret from everyone, including the audience. And, and Jason looks horrified. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and I didn't think it was something like the money thing. Yeah. Right? What was it uh, like? That he was just in charge of the terrorists? Ah, honestly, at this point, I had given up on the idea that he was in charge of the terrorists. And I was thinking, yeah. like, this is just essentially a note, like, screw you, I'm out of your life type thing. Yeah. Which would make sense, actually, with what he was saying to uh, Linda about starting over. Yep. Uh, here we get some of Santa's backstory, and it's what we talked about before. He was a, a greedy Viking warrior who killed people with Skullcrusher, his warhammer. Um, I really want to see more of the Santa mythos. And this is another thing that goes on too long, is the conversations that Santa and Trudy have over the walkie. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. They are very, very extended dialogue scenes, and it's like, you could have gotten the point across in a couple sentences. But the thing is, for the most part, they already have gotten the point across, and then it just gets drawn out after that. It's like everything that needs to be said is said early on, and then it just keeps going. Yep. The kill squad arrives on the property, and Scrooge, Gingerbread, and Candy Cane capture Santa and tie him to a chair. I, I, while I want to know more about the history of Santa Claus, I don't give a shit about the story of his sack. I'm actually disappointed with the sack. Yeah? What What would you want from that? It's kind of neat that you just reach in and you pull out whatever you pull out. But well, it's, like, it's like a bag of holding. Yeah. Um, excuse me if my nerddom comes through. But I would have absolutely loved where a fight ended with one of the like villains getting 
caught in the bag and like an infinite nothingness. Oh, well, that is pretty dark and would work for this movie. I really think it would. But Scrooge instead throws the bag in the fire. And then we get his backstory. There's a lot of backstory happening in this. Yeah, I don't Without need all of this. <laughs> I don't like, oh, I hate Christmas and my dad lost his job. And yeah, okay. And you scared the neighbor and he fell down. Just tell me you want money and you're an asshole. That's all I need. That is all we need. You are right. Because my note here is even like, Sandro, care to explain the story, its purpose, and is it necessary? Because at one point, he almost seems resentful for his actions, but then he just isn't. So I'm like, what are we doing then? Why yeah, tease I, it? I don't care. Yeah. Or you try and make us care and then slap us in the face with the fact that it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Just, again, you like money. That's, that's good enough for me. That's perfect. Scrooge is about to shoot Santa in the head, but it begins to snow in the room. I really want to like this scene because I love how the three of them are almost won over by Christmas magic, but then discover that it's just styrofoam falling from the boards in the ceiling, which doesn't make sense because the house is way too nice to have a rickety ceiling like that from the attic floor. Or how Trudy would even come up with the idea of trying to trick these three armed terrorists into thinking it was snowing by pouring styrofoam through the floor. She's a smart kid. She is a smart kid, but that's just, it's too much for me, man. But, it, I mean, of course, yeah, it allows Santa to escape. Why didn't the terrorists believe him when they were doing things like pulling presents out of a bottomless bag? Like, that alone should have been like, that. this doesn't exist in the real world. I know. What is they going on here? They even question him. He's like, I don't know how it works. Christmas magic. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's a pretty solid explanation because there's, I, I couldn't explain it. If I just reach my hand into this bag and just keep pulling out endless gifts, there's something going on here I don't understand. Yeah. And then he taps his nose after he falls out of his chair because I guess that frees his arm. And he disintegrates into dust and goes up the chimney. And they're still in, like, dis... Well, okay. Scrooge is in disbelief. The other two actually believe it. Yeah. I mean, at one point, Candy Cane even says, like, maybe he's a real Santa, and Scrooge is like, I know you're stupid, but don't be stupid out loud. <laughs> That's one of the best lines of the movie. Yeah. It really is. Uh, I'd say another, like, another great part is Krampus punching Bert in the face. Yes. <laughs> it, it felt so good to just watch that happen. I know. We shouldn't enjoy it so much to watch a kid get punched in the face, but... It's so good. And then Krampus gets kicked over by Morgan, which I thought was actually kind of funny. But then Morgan turns and runs and just dives at the window, <laughs> fleeing into the night. <laughs> yeah, I love how like Alva's even like he's gonna save us <laughs> <laughs> no he's gone <laughs> yeah, what does Gertrude call him Jean-Claude Van Dipshit yeah something like that not very clever I liked it though 
But the the kill squad find him and kill him. Yes. One of my favorite parts of the movie is watching him die. <laughs> and Santa watches on as uh, the names of the kill squad are added to the naughty list. I I have to say, I did not predict the heel turn of the kill squad. I didn't either, but it made sense. Like the confidence that Scrooge had when he was talking about them and how well he knew them. I was yeah. like, okay, there's a trap that he's going to take them all out with relative ease. Like he set something up, but this also explains it very well. And then also gives more potential bodies. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mind it. I think it's, it's fun. Like, yeah. This is, yeah, this is a bigger body count now. You're right. And Santa is also just like, oh, come on. There were <laughs> six was, of them, and now exactly. I just... Oh. <laughs> Scrooge's team cracks the vault, but it's empty. And Santa stumbles his way into a shed, followed by the kill squad. Uh, with some words of encouragement from Trudy and a chance discovery of a sledgehammer, Santa goes to town. So all of those conversations that we had, that very extended period of time, was for us to learn that he was... He had a sledgehammer that he loved, and finding the sledgehammer is a, a turn of good fortune. Yes. It just didn't need to be that long for that. Agreed. Um, if you removed... Uh, it's, see, it sucks, man. Because we get teased with some pretty interesting backstories for Santa, but they don't go into it enough for it to even matter. So, would you rather it just not exist, or do you are you okay with like getting those little hints of a really cool idea that's just never brought to fruition? Don't need it there. Okay. What do you think of the kills in this scene, though? Oh, when he starts just going to town in the shed with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal fight choreography. All very cleverly done. The fact that he even starts the fight, like he's he's got a candy cane that he's sucking on, and then partway through reveals that he was like essentially sucking on it to make a spike and uses it to stab someone. Like it's all <laughs> so well planned out, so well choreographed. It is fantastic to watch. One of the best parts of the movie. Yes. You don't need to answer, I'll answer for you. So Scrooge and the Kill Squad confront Gertrude, and Scrooge threatens to randomly kill the family members until somebody comes forward about the location of the money. And I actually enjoyed Bert in this scene. <laughs> I mean, he has a very clever, clever line. Scrooge is all pissed off. He's like, oh, this makes me so angry, I could just randomly start shooting people. Bert's like, yeah, but what if you randomly shoot the only person that has the information you need? Oh, and it, John Leguizamo's reaction is priceless because he's oh, just like, I hate this family. <laughs> oh, no, no. He, he is livid, like visibly livid. He's like, oh, fuck you people. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. <sighs> Some <sighs> The movie seems so unbalanced, man, because you get moments like that where you're like, this is phenomenal. And then you get other parts where you just you're waiting for it to end so you can get to something good. Uh, but we go back to the slaughter in the shed, and I love the fact that we're listening to "Christmas Time" by Brian Adams. It's a great song that should not work for this scene, <laughs> but absolutely does. 
So many deaths by ice skates. It's great. And the snowblower. And something else happens in this in this scene that I thought you were going to bring up. I want to know if I was right that you would catch it. I don't know what you're referring to. The grenade. Oh, the grenade is phenomenal. It's so good. Because he's just like, I, I, gotta, I gotta watch. And then, of course, it blows up into a fiery explosion. I'm like, oh, this is Ben's favorite scene. It made me pretty upset. But it also must have been somewhat enjoyable. Not the flames. It, it was. Just how it, it's like, he, he puts it down his pants and then starts running away and he stops. He's like, ah, oh, I gotta <laughs> watch. This is a bloodthirsty Santa Claus. It's great. This is, how many opportunities are you going to get to see that? Yeah, and, and with this fire grenade, which makes no sense, it's still a really fun scene and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Jason admits to stealing the money, and that was his whole plan, steal the mother's money and start over with his family. <laughs> this is so stupid. It's really dumb. You know, he... It's not like he just wants to start over with his family, quote-unquote, whatever, because this is all his family. Yeah. But he clearly wants to screw them over as well. Because... A million dollars goes missing so much easier from the 300 that nobody would notice. But that's more than enough for you to just leave and start a life. Yeah, but you need to start a life with 300 million. I guess. I'd do it. I'm not saying I'd stop at one, but I don't think I'd go <laughs> for all 300 million. No, that'd be impossible to move. Well, because it also would take a lot longer. I guarantee you nobody's going in and counting that money all the time. Oh, God, no. If you walk out with 10 million, they're still going to see all of these bills in these coffers, and it's going to take a while before anybody even suspects anything. Yeah, it'd do three, four mil at least. I think you could do 10 and still get away with it. I like the way you think. How do you feel about the Home Alone style traps that Trudy sets? You know I love it. It's Home Alone. <laughs> get excited for so many times where movies have their Home Alone moments. And, yeah. you know, with the setup of actually referencing Home Alone, it's great. And the fact of the matter is, it's so cleverly done because the, like, villains see the traps, but they're decoys. Yeah. She won up the Home Alone traps. I, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the shit that Gingerbread goes through in a matter of seconds is absolutely hilarious. And incredibly painful to watch. These are some of the most brutal scenes. Because <laughs> there, there are a lot of kills, right? But there's... You, you see somebody get blown up by a grenade. You're like, okay, I can't really have any sort of phantom pains of that. It's not very graphic in the sense that it's just a quick flash, right? Mm -hmm. Like seeing whatever his name is. The gingerbread. Gingerbread. With the nail through his mouth <laughs> is just so, like, it will turn some people's stomachs. And the actor, the best reaction you could have for that scene, too. It was spot on. But, like, stepping on that sawed rung of the ladder and just him falling and watching that go through the bottom of his mouth up into it. Oh, God. 
Candy Cane getting taken out with bowling balls, I thought was pretty good. I really enjoyed the standing on whatever the kind of glue is. Yeah. But then when she gets knocked over and like her whole body hits it. Yeah. And she she bridges out of it but scalps herself at the same time. Which is also another one of those like this is a little hard to watch because it's a little too realistically graphic. Oh yeah. Well it's also like um gingerbread getting an ass full of nails. I felt yeah. that. And then the nail through the forehead. What about Candy Cane having like the different things launched at her with the elastic? It was a little is pretty stupid. Yeah, because you get into these scenarios where I'm like, just shoot her, throw a knife or something. Like, oh, the, she she gets sledgehammered immediately after though, which I thought was a pretty fun way of setting that up. Yes, yes, absolutely. But it's just one of those things where it's like a face off between these two should not should not end in like a stalemate where Santa Claus saves the day. Yeah, no, you're right. It's at this point, I believe, where the movie starts to fast-track its way to the ending. Always happens. I feel like this is that... It's right here. Because Jason then shows Scrooge where he hid the money. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is Linda, Bert, and Alva beating Krampus to death. That's a pretty good scene, and I do love how they're all <laughs> almost like joyfully like, ah, oh, it's about time we did something together as a family. So you are twisted. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. Like, the acting here is great, so it, it really does make me wonder if it we're just supposed to hate all the characters and the acting is actually spot on. Because scenes like this, like, yeah, you're right. It looks like they're having a blast finally working together until, you know, it's over. But Santa reunites Trudy with her mother and now it's time to go save Jason and Gertrude, where we get more sledgehammer brutality, and I'm always up for that. Uh, what do you think about Jason and Linda fighting a terrorist while Santa heads after Scrooge? Jason sucks. Yep. <laughs> like, even in this sure fight, does. you're like, yeah, if it wasn't for her, you'd, you probably would have lost this. Yeah, oh, definitely would have. She's the one that kills him with the icicle. Yeah, like, but even prior to that, when they're having any sort of success in the fights, it's because of either her actions or her distractions. He would have been completely ineffective in my mind. Yeah, you are, you're, you're, again, you are right. What, uh, what do you think about this final confrontation we get between Scrooge and Santa? It's okay. Finding the list and realizing that Santa's the real deal. There should have been a lot more hints prior to that, that gave it away but mm -hmm. scrooge was more in denial i think than anything else yeah but we get some pretty dumb lines here which really takes away from how good the writing was earlier in the movie in my opinion like whatever it takes christmas dies tonight like that's that's your big line i told you that they can't do the action liners they really do beat the shit out of each other, though. Yeah, and I do love how they did set up earlier that Scrooge uses, like, that baton. Yeah. So that when the, the gun kind of gets negated, 
it comes down to this baton versus a hammer. So it's like, okay, well, now we're on a little bit more equal footing, and we know that they're both proficient with the weapon that they're wielding. Yeah. Uh, Santa getting that axe in the back, though. That was insane. I did not predict that at all. Was it the back or the back of the leg? I can't remember. I think it was the back. It was the back, and then gets dragged towards Scrooge. Um, what do you think about Scrooge's death? Loved it. Yeah, me, me too. It was gross. I don't understand it, because if Santa disintegrated into dust, what's still holding on to Scrooge? But at the same time, I don't care, because yeah. it looked so awesome. <laughs> it did look great. He's just holding a pile of mush when he gets to the top of that chimney. Uh, but Santa gets shot repeatedly by Thorpe, the leader of the Kill Squad. And Gertrude just shoots the mercenary in the head. This this movie is actually incredibly violent. Like the the title, it it lives up to the title of the movie for sure. And then the rest of the Lightstone family arrives as Santa is bleeding out on the ground. Jason decides to burn money, the only way to keep him warm. But Santa dies in the snow. Then the Lightstone's newfound belief in Christmas magic brings him back to life. Even I was at this point like, no, absolutely not. Well, I think we were both too tired because the movie's gone on for way too long at this point. So anything that could be considered kind of blah is amplified. And we're like, no. <laughs> yeah, but I probably thought it for the wrong reasons. Okay. Because in my mind, I'm like, they have to convince the family to quote unquote believe in Santa. I don't think them just saying, yeah, is them believing. Is <laughs> No, that just sounds like they're saying what you want to hear. If it actually does rely on some sort of emotional magic, there, there, there's no actual belief here. But again, that's just me being weird like I always am. It, no, it's a good way of looking at things. I just, I realized that this was a telltale sign for me that the movie was going on too long. Because I'm like, sure, whatever, let's keep going. The whole part of getting shot and being brought back, unnecessary. Yeah. You beat Scrooge, that can be the end of it. Yeah, that's fine. We do get a good line between Jason and Santa, though. I was like, thank you, I don't know how we can ever repay you. And Santa just says, well, you brought me back from the dead, so we'll call it even. Yeah, but you wouldn't be dead and need to be brought back if it wasn't for these terrible human beings. Exactly. Our favorite reindeer return. And apparently they went back to the North Pole and got Santa's spare sack so he can finish delivering presents. How they knew it got thrown in the fire in the first place is unexplained. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. They, they definitely fled from gunfire. Yeah. And the bag wasn't burned for quite some time. Yeah, it makes no sense, but we're also talking about flying reindeer. And Santa and the reindeer fly off into the night as credits roll. They wrap this movie up way too quickly, storyline-wise, and way too late runtime-wise. Yeah, see, I would disagree that they finished up the story too quickly they extended the beginning of the story too much. Okay. That pacing should have just been throughout. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's some of the some of the stuff I enjoy the most about this movie were the things that weren't necessarily important to the plot. And I found some of the plot points incredibly stupid. So I think it's safe to say that there's this is a real mixed bag for both of us. But let's 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 get into numbers before we get into our uh, our thoughts on the film. How uh, how much do you think this cost? Jeez, oh, um, I've not done a recent movie. I feel like budgets should be inflated. Um, Forty million, half of that. Okay. I, honestly, I have no idea. We do so many old yeah. movies. <laughs> how much do you think it made? Forty million. <laughs> Almost double that. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ratings really surprised me. Okay. So IMDb out of 10, what do you think this got? 6.8. 6.7. Oh, close. That's the lowest of the three ratings. So okay. over at Rotten Tomatoes, percentage of positive reviews from critics. 89. 74. Okay. But the audience score? 93. 88. I'm terrible at this tonight. No, you're pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Uh, That's a lot better than I thought it was going to do. Um, Because there's a lot of fun to have in this movie. But I'm not convinced it's good. Um, what do you say we hop into the awards? Sounds good, buddy. Uh, who did you have for your least favorite character? Although I'm just going to assume it's Morgan Steele right now. Um, I did have Morgan written down, but after talking to you about the movie, I'm going to have to go with Jason. Okay. (laughs) Because Morgan made me laugh. There were a few parts where Morgan was pretty entertaining just because of how stupid he was. Exactly. And Jason was more so just annoying. Yeah. What about you? Jason, yeah. Yeah. Same reason? He is annoying throughout. He doesn't have any level of confidence. He's a bumbling would-be spouse. I like just he just sucks. And Morgan, I I didn't mind him because he was funny for how stupid he was. Yeah. And I also did enjoy when he got his, but like that gave me some delight, which Jason did not at any point. Yeah, I I hate that I have to agree with you on that one, but yeah, Cam What's His Face was more entertaining and enjoyable than one of the lead characters of the movie. When you were talking about him, I was convinced he was what you had written down on paper. <laughs> yeah, you were right. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? David Harbour as Santa Claus. Yeah, same. And, and don't get me wrong, there are some great characters. Despite some of the terrible lines, I think John Leguizamo, like, nailed it as a villain. I think some of the comedic villains were great. I think Krampus was perfectly creepy as the sociopath villain like there was a lot of good casting in this Mm -hmm. but like david harbour was just so good yeah i think this is probably my favorite role 
that I've seen him in outside of Stranger Things. Oh, he was so good in the Black Widow movie. Uh, yeah, I also also picked him as favorite character. Um, memorable line though. This one really caught me off guard. I did not expect to pick this. Okay, it's Gertrude, and it's because this one line when we first meet the character sets up the entire tone of the movie and there's a fair amount of swearing in it so just a heads up where she's on the phone and sternly says listen you cocksucker it's christmas so why don't you take your best offer gift wrap it and ram it up your fucking box and then later on ends it with merry christmas senator or something like that like yep this is Beverly D'Angelo, Ellen Griswold, who we all love from Christmas Vacation. Oh, wait, no. Everything is turned upside down. What are we in store for now? <laughs> you? Uh, it's um, <laughs> gingerbread or whatever. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know. These code names are so terrible. I remember Krampus and Scrooge. Boxing um, Day. When he's trying to climb into the attic, and he's like, you know, booby traps don't work unless you hide them, you little moron. <laughs> Rap sensation Andre Erickson. <laughs> That's good. The, the thing is, with this movie, the dialogue is better than the rest of the film. And while that means, yeah, there are a lot of great lines, it, it definitely definitely takes away from what you have to watch because what you hear is better than what you're seeing in this movie um memorable scene right after that the home alone traps really <laughs> as difficult as it was to watch him take that nail through the mouth like just the following moments were fantastic and i thought they would go a little bit more comedy because they did have like the bowling balls being dropped but I was like, it's got to be a lot more like Home Alone-esque where she's dodging them and he's getting hit, but she actually does get hit by them. But like, I just really, really enjoyed it up until the actual like slingshot part. Like that was... That's pretty bad. Yeah, the scene kind of ended for me when she got herself out of the glue. Gonna have to go with the, uh, the fight scene in the shed. I don't blame you, dude. It's phenomenally done. The fight choreography is wonderful top notch and the way it's lit looks amazing so yeah it's just a really fun action scene overall this is a weird weird one for me man okay because i i had watched this when it first came out and i really enjoyed it i i really really liked it i did um and i wanted you to see it and that's why i picked it and also with it being december uh, I figured, why not do a Christmas action comedy? Um, what I discovered is that while this, in my opinion, is a really good movie, it does not lend itself to multiple viewings. Um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It looks great. I think it's acted really well. I had a great time watching it through the first time, but that's it. So it's not even a movie I could say like, yeah, if everyone's seen it, throw it on at like a Christmas party or something. If you're just sitting around having a few drinks, because it's too long. 
a lot of the plot points are unnecessary. So you're just waiting for the great dialogue, which you're not going to get if you're watching it with a group of people who are drinking. The action scenes are great, but there's so few of them and they're peppered pretty sparsely throughout the film. It's a great movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, but I, I bought it and I, I don't think I'm going to watch it for at least several years from now. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's good, but uh, I think it's a one and done movie for me. How do you feel about it? 100% agree with you. The movie was absolutely a blast to watch the first time. I was on the edge of my seat. Couldn't wait to see what happened next. There was definitely a mixed bag, but the good outweighed the bad. The mm -hmm. second viewing was almost a little unbearable. And yeah. I, think, I think the biggest part of it is the self-inflicted errors they made with the just half-assed extensions. If mm -hmm. this movie was even, let's say, 85 minutes, mm -hmm. cut out so much of this, just like the start that doesn't stop, that was terribly phrased. <laughs> just cut out a lot of the storyline that you teased but didn't actually dive into, and just give me the bullet points, get to the fight scenes, keep the motivations there, but keep them to a minimum. It would lend itself to repeat viewings, but as it is right now, it is a phenomenal first viewing, but it is a one and done. Yeah. And I, I think that it's not, we're not being mean. It's just the movie has flaws. It's still really good, but just give it one go. The second viewing, there was a lot of time where I spent like just wanting it to pass by and get to the good parts that I knew were waiting for me. Exactly. But it just felt like there was a slog in between all of them that shouldn't do it, that shouldn't be there. And it's, it's just self-inflicted pacing issues that they did it to themselves. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this is directed by uh, Tommy Ricola, who did uh, Dead Snow 1 and 2. And horror action comedy to an extent somehow done better you think it would be he would just perfect it a little bit more and more every time but it feels like this was on the same track of, as being as entertaining as Dead Snow 1 and 2 but then just kind of fell short and yeah it's it's a shame I'm just going to say it right now I, I enjoy the movie but it's it, it's got too many detraction all right so that was our thoughts on violent night if you'd like to share your thoughts you can hit us up on social media we are on twitter at bs bargain bin facebook.com slash bs bargain bin bs bargain and youtube.com slash at bs bargain bin also if you are listening on youtube and you got this far please hit like leave a comment just anything to help us fight the terrible algorithm changes that have taken place ben yes What's on tap for next week? Um, next week, we are doing this month's listener pick. Um, the winner this time around is from Zero, and we will be covering 1994's Tim Allen, quote, classic, The Santa Claus. 
It was the night before Christmas, and children were dreaming of the presents Santa would bring. Somebody's on the roof. But this Christmas Eve... Hey, you! The unthinkable happened. You killed him! Did not. Now, this night... If something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. It's up to them... Let's go! ...to save the day. Together, Scott Kelvin and his son Charlie take on the biggest job in the world. Looking good, Dad. And though it has its dangers, nice teeth. He thought it was just for one night. You're the new Santa. I am not Santa Claus. Ah, you put on a suit. You're the big guy. What if I don't buy into this Santa Claus thing? Then there would be millions of disappointed children around the world. He doesn't want the job. It was a dream. But it's growing on him. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. Now he's getting into the spirit. There are a lot of kids that believe me. I want some ballet slippers. And getting ready for the biggest night of his life. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You got it. Walt Disney presents a timeless tale that will warm your heart. I love you, son. I love you, son. Lift your spirits and make you believe. You really are Santa Claus. Pretty cool, huh? Share the merriment and the magic. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Tim Allen. Santa? The Santa Claus. Until next time, have a good one. All the best.